let me, I have something wrote down here. Um, Brother and Miss Palmer are going to be going to England for several, several weeks. That's a couple months, right? <coughs> Almost three months. And uh, they'll be, so next, this Wednesday night will be their last service with us for a while. So we definitely want to send them out with prayer. They're going to be ministering in England. And I'm sure they're going to uh, be homesick there, at home away from home. Amen? But uh, with that being said, that's going to leave a void for us. Brother Palmer rides the bus with us every Wednesday night, and it really needs to be a man. And so if anybody can help us, um, you don't have to do it every Wednesday. If we could get with Miss Janet, I even told her I would be happy to plug in some uh, to help uh, ride with uh, Brother Carter. He's the one that does that route. He and uh, Brother Glenn do the uh, East Lake route. And so if you can help us there, please let Miss Janet know. Even if it's just once during that almost three months would be great. Uh, if you could do it a couple of times, that would be great. And uh, just get with Miss Janet on that. Uh, it needs to be either a man or a couple, uh, if a couple wouldn't even mind riding. And those are some of the sweetest kids, many of them we've picked up for years down there. And so uh, please keep that in mind. So if you can help us, that would be a great blessing. All right, we appreciate Brother Palmer and Miss Palmer's service here in the church. We're going to miss them, but we know that they're going to be there serving the Lord, and I want you to pray for them. And we always miss when all of our missionary folks are gone from us, but we're also thankful that they can minister. Brother Larry's gone now. He's ministering, and we miss him, but we are certainly thankful for what God does in their lives. Um, I preached this morning on the life of David. Tonight, I want to just give a little thought. I, I thought maybe some of you like to get out a little early tonight since it's Fourth of July weekend. Okay. Since nobody said anything, we'll just stay a little past. Amen? Uh, I was expecting to hear an amen from over here, but I didn't hear it. And uh, thought I would hear one up here near the front, but I didn't hear it. But I did see the face shaking, all right? First Peter tonight, and I want to just give you a little thought. And honestly, I don't know. What was the word? Overlooked. I'm going to entitle this message, for me, the most overlooked phrase in the Bible. Because I'm going to be honest with you, I have never seen it until this week. It's there, it hasn't changed the truth, but I only thought about it and seen it this week. And it was because I was studying for the friend's message this morning. So I want you to look in 1 Peter chapter number 5. And I want you to notice that Peter is finishing up this epistle. He's specifically targeting the elders, bishop or pastor. Which I believe those words are interchangeable. I believe it's the same word or different word for the same office. And we find that he gives him instruction to the elders of these particular churches. And I want you to notice in verse 1 the Bible says the elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Now notice the instruction that he gives the elders of these particular churches. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof. Now notice this, not by constraint, but willingly. Not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. So in other words, he's saying to the uh, bishop, the overseer, the pastor, the, the elder, uh, the word we use mostly as a pastor, uh, it says, look, we want you to take the oversight thereof. 
Not a dictatorship, but an oversight. And then it says, not for filthy lucre. Not for any other reason, but for the readiness of not mine and what God has put in your heart to do. Look at verse 3. Neither as being lords over God's heritage. Lord help us. Being, but being in samples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Notice this. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, I love this, that He may exalt you in due time. Verse 7, casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, that word means mature, establish, strengthen, settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Now, we know that these are the closing remarks of this epistle that Peter's writing. And we know that he is specifically writing that last chapter as he's closing this epistle to the elders, to the preacher, to the pastor, to the bishop, to the leaders of the church. And he gives some wonderful instruction here. And he talks to them very candidly, honestly, when he says, humble yourselves, therefore, in the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. It's a powerful phrase. But verse 7 is where I want to spend uh, most of my time tonight and I even mentioned this earlier today. This is a verse that changed my life. When I was young, very young, 21 years of age, I've shared this with you before. My uncle uh, got word of a counselor and I got, uh, he got me an appointment to go meet this counselor in Princeton. I don't even know his name. Um, I don't even know what denomination he was. At that particular time in my life, I didn't care. <laughs> I just needed help. And so I went to his, uh, went to his office, and actually it, was, it, it wasn't even an, an office. It was like it was a neighborhood center. And I remember he took me in this room, and we began to talk, and he, I started reading, I started sharing this verse to him, and I've never had anybody talk to me like that. He said, well, you know how to quote that verse, but he said, you're not applying that verse to your life. He said, you're quoting it, you're reading it, you're talking about it. But he said, you're not doing what the verse says. So the first time in my life, someone expounded, opened, and unpacked that verse to me. And to be honest with you, he never got past the first phrase. Because the first phrase of this verse is all I needed at that time. And here's it was, casting all your care upon him. 
Now we all know that part of this verse. And by the way, I've quoted that verse many times. And most of the time I'll stop right there because that's the part we need. That's the part that really glares in that verse is when we have trouble, when we have a care, we ought to cast our care upon the Lord. But I want you to notice just until this week, I really never understood or really I have overlooked the last part of that verse for 30 years. It's just simply this. For he careth for you. <laughs> for he careth for you. You know how that just really emphasized and really illuminated in my life this week. Here's what's amazing to me. I know that we talk about casting our care. And that's what I've looked at that verse for so many years. Is I'm supposed to cast my care upon the Lord. Roll those over in the Lord. He can handle them. I can't. I know all of that. But here is what really hit me this week. Why should we cast our care on Him? Why do we want to cast our care? Why would we even contemplate casting our care upon Him? I'm going to tell you why. Because He cares for us. If He doesn't care for me, I'm not casting anything on Him. And y'all know that's true. There are things that people go through in life and you know as well as I do, there is no way you're going to share certain things with certain people. And the reason being is sometimes you think, well, I'm not even going to waste my time because that person could care less. See, I believe what's amazing about this verse is, yes, I'm glad that we can cast our care upon the Lord, but here's why. Because He cares for me. He cares for you. Y'all glad He cares for you tonight? So I want you to notice, you can cast all your care on Him. Why? Because He cares for you. He cares. He cares about your cares. He cares about your hurts. He cares about you. He's not one of them, by the way, I've done it. You've done it. Someone will share something with you. And it's not real personal to you. You're sitting there listening. And you're trying to act like you care. And you've got something else on your mind. And I know if you've been around me long, you know I do it. Shame, shame. But i got good news for everybody here tonight. Here's somebody that you can go to, and he's always paying attention. He always cares. See, here's the thing. We're human. And there's no doubt, you can catch me in a moment where, yes, there might be something heavy on me, and I can't give particular attention to every drop and every detail of your care. But I care, but there are times, because we're human, we're limited. We never have that problem with him. He cares. He cares. And so I'm so glad we can cast all on Him because He cares. And so I believe this is the most overlooked phrase. That's the message. The most overlooked phrase in the Bible. At least I can say that for me because I'm going to be honest with you. I've quoted this verse. This verse has changed my life. And the last part of that verse has been overlooked in my life primarily until the last week. Now, that doesn't change the truth. The truth has been true the last 30 years. He cares for me. And it doesn't change the fact that it's not in the Bible. It doesn't mean that it's not important. I'm just confessing to you tonight that here's a phrase in the Bible that's never really become a personal to me until this week. And isn't it amazing how beautiful the Word of God is? You can read things 15 years ago and it speaks to your heart. And you can read it 15 years later and it can still speak to your heart but in a different way. It might mean more to you 15 years later, 5 days later, 5 hours later, but I'm thankful we have a living 
working book. Amen? And so I want to just, I want to hone in and give all of us encouragement tonight. And we're going to get on up out of here. But I want to give you some ways I got to thinking about it. As I was talk, thinking about the friendship of David and Jonathan. You know, Jonathan was the one that initiated that friendship. And I'm thankful the Lord Jesus initiated his relationship with me. And I got to thinking about how does the Lord care for me? Because the Bible says, for he careth for you. So I just got to thinking about ways that he cared for me. Can I just give you a few? And we'll go on tonight just to encourage you. And they're all scriptural. But I want you to notice, here's one thing that I just wrote down. He cares for me as a father cares for his children. You know why? Because he provides for us. I thought about that. I thought about my dad growing up. My father provided for me and my sister. He provided. I never one time seen him ever complain about being able to work. I never one time seen him. He cared for me. How do I know there were many days when the snow and the ice was on the ground and he had to pick up that ladder and climb up a mountain maybe 50 yards to get it up on a telephone pole to fix somebody else's trouble. I know why because he was wanting to provide for his family. That's care. How you say, well, how, do you, how do you know my parents care for you? Well, if they get up every morning and they provide you a roof over your head, they care for you. Why? The Lord cares for us because he provides as a father does. The Bible says right here in Romans chapter 8, verse 32, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. Here's what it is. How shall he not with him also, here it is, give us all things freely. He provides for us. By the way, he's provided my greatest need in salvation. He cares. He cares. I'm glad that he cares as a father. I wrote this down. Uh, Proverbs 3.12, For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father, the son in whom he delighteth. He cares for me like a father cares for a son. And by the way, if you're the right kind of father, you care for your children, you'll give your life for your children. You delight in your children. And the Lord cares so much about us that he delights in us. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 11, As you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father doth his children. I'm so very thankful that the Lord cares for us as a father would care for his child. He provides for us. Number two, I wrote this down. He cares for us as a mother cares for her children. Why? I'm going to tell you right now, that's affectionately. Boy, when you see a daddy, maybe, and by the way, all daddies are different, but most daddies aren't real affectionate. Some are, some aren't, and it's okay. But I'm going to tell you right now, very few mamas you're going to run into that's not affectionate. You're going to run into more tender, affectionate women than you are men. And here's what's beautiful. I love the fact that the Lord Jesus is not only a warrior, but he's a tender warrior. I want you to know something. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 49 verse 15, Can a woman forget her sucking child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Notice this. Yea, they may forget, yet will I not forget thee. As a mother loves affectionately and cares for her children, affectionately, listen to me, the Lord Jesus loves us tonight. As a mother would love her children. I don't know about y'all, I'm glad he cares for me in that way. There's times I need the hand of my father, but there's times that I need the hug from my mother. Amen. 
And by the way, we can have all of that in the Lord Jesus Christ. He cares for us. I'm thankful that he cares for us as a father, cares for his child. He provides. I'm glad that he cares for us as a mother, cares for her child, is affectionate. And then I just wrote some other things down. I thought about it's springtime, summertime, what's getting ready to come up. I heard some folks, I think I heard Miss Doris. I didn't say anything out loud, but I'll say it now. I know what you can do with some of them cucumbers. Amen. She said, I got so many cucumbers, I don't know what to do with it. I said, I do. Well, what's going on? And by the way, I like what my mom made today in that, in that vinegar salad. Somebody say, man, what's that called? Pickled? I don't know what it is. Y'all get them onions and them cucumbers in that vinegar solution. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Wilted? Y'all lie. Do, y'all need to, do I need to get y'all to West Virginia to find out what that stuff is? It's good stuff. She made it today. But it had cucumbers in it. But I got to take it. Summertime, and I know I'm going to hopefully get blessed with some tomatoes that people raise out of their garden. So it's gardening time. But I've learned something about gardens and about fruit. I learned that it has to be taken care of. And you know what? I, I learned this as I was just thinking about he careth for us. He careth for you. He cares for us like a mother cares for her children. He's affectionate with us. He cares for us as a father. He provides for us. But I also thought this. He cares for us like a gardener does his garden. You know what that means? Attentively. Well, if you're going to raise the right kind of garden, you've got to be very attentive. You know, y'all raise them tomato plants. If y'all get them good tomatoes, y'all got to see them suckers on there, them, 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 them limbs that come down and don't have anything on them. What you do, you pluck them. You got weeds. You see things. You see bugs or something eating your plants. You put seven on there. You do whatever you need to do. You're watching your garden. And by the way, that's the way the Lord cares for us. You say, Pastor, how do you know? Well, the Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 27, verse 3. Notice this. I, the Lord, do keep it. I will water it every moment lest any hurt it. I will keep it night and day. He's very attentive to us like a gardener would be his plants. You know what else I pulled out? I thought of this. How about Psalm 46, 1? For God is my refuge. Notice this. A help in trouble. Is that what it says? A help in trouble. Y'all help me. Uh, Big difference. A big difference to the Lord saying, oh, I'm present. No, he said, I'm very present. Like in other words, I'm not just there, I'm very there. I can't help but think I heard a preacher many years ago, his daughter was sick and, and he and his wife was side of the bed and the doctor said, y'all need to watch her very attentively because if anything changes with her fingers or if she starts to lose collar in her skin, he said, you need to call the nurse immediately because she's in danger of her life. And uh, that preacher said, I want you to know, my wife and I, we just didn't sit in that room. He said, we were very attentive to our daughter. And by the way, that's the way God cares for us. Very present. So by the way, don't ever say, well, I just don't think the Lord knows what's going on in my life. He knows and He does care. He knows every detail. I want you to know as a gardener cares for his garden, attentively, God cares for his. Can I say this? I thought of this, and it might be a little silly, but I I thought about human anatomy as well. But God used the word apple of mine eye. 
And I got to thinking about how does that have to do if he cares for someone so much like they're the apple of his eye. And I got to thinking he cares for us like an eyelid does our pupil. Now, if y'all ever notice, your eyelid's not there just to, you know, people put them eyelashes and they're like, you know, but by the way, ladies, they're not just there to pretty up. And I'm not against them getting them pretty up and getting length and all that and put shadow and stuff on. There's no problem with that. But that's not what they're there for. Y'all know what they're there for? They're there to protect your eye. You close your eyes for protection. And as I thought about this, I thought, as the eyelid cares for the eye, here it is, instantly. God cares for us. You say, Pastor, how do you know? Here's what the Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 10. He found him in a desert land and in the waste, howling wilderness. He led him about. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. I don't know about y'all, but if someone's the apple of your eye, you care about that apple of your eye. You are caring. You are paying attention instantly if that is your favorite or if that is something that is the apple of your eye. Instantly, you pay attention. He cares for us. Y'all ever heard someone say, a teacher's pet? Have any of y'all been blessed enough to be a teacher's pet? Amen. Has any of you ever said, oh, well, that's the teacher's pet? What are you saying? Here's what you're saying. Well, they instantly get a break. They're instantly being watched. They're the teacher's favorite. Well, here's what the Lord says. We're all his favorites. Y'all just sit still. Don't get excited. I know it's 4th of July weekend. Y'all ready to go home. But I mean, he cares for you. As the apple of his eye. Can I say this? And this is why this whole message was brought about. He cares for you as a friend cares for his friend. You know why? Here it is. He cares for you faithfully. I didn't use this verse this morning for this simple fact. Proverbs 17, 17 says this. A friend loveth at all times. And by the way, he loves us all the time. He loves us all the time. He's faithful, isn't he? As I mentioned earlier in the message, there are times, there are times that maybe I'm sharing a story with someone and they're almost there, they're halfway there. They get interrupted by something else to really not paying attention. But I want you to know something. This friend, he cares for me so much. He faithfully listens to me. He cares. He's faithful to me. He cares that he's faithful. The Bible says a friend loveth at all times. He loves me all the time. He loves me anyhow. He loves you anyhow. No matter what you do. That, that's mind-boggling, isn't it? He cares. As a friend cares for a friend faithfully. And then I wrote this. This is a simple one. Children said it tonight. He cares for me as a shepherd cared for his sheep. Now, today, that don't mean a real big deal because things have changed. But in Bible days, those sheep was the livelihood of somebody. And by the way, they didn't have the technology we have today. I watched, actually, the ark. They showed a film and they talked about the shepherd. They talked about the doors. When Jesus said, I am the door, most people don't think much about that. They just think it's a place of entrance. But really, he's talking about himself as a shepherd guarding the sheep. Because in Bible days, when they would get the sheep into the to, into the the roundhouse or wherever they were, the shepherd would lay across the door and across the empty space where they would get the cow, get the sheep in. He would lay across the space that the door would be there and he would actually become the door. 
And so if anything was going to get in or the sheep was going to get out, they had to go through the door, which was the shepherd. And I'm glad I have a heavenly shepherd. And I'm glad that my heavenly shepherd cares for me as he cares for sheep. By the way, how do we know how much he cared for the sheep? Well, the Bible said if a shepherd lost one sheep, he left the 99 to go find the one. Now, I don't know about you, but that takes a lot of care to leave the simple, to leave the comfortable, to leave what's there and say, no, that one is precious. And by the way, if you're that one, if that's your son is that one, if that is your daughter that that's one, if that's your granddaughter that might be that one, if it might be your aunt that's that one, I want you to know something. Jesus loves the one. Jesus cares for the lost Sheep, when we think they're no good, when we think, oh, Jesus didn't die for them. Oh, no, Jesus died for all. He cares for all people as a sheep cares for a shepherd. He keeps. Notice this. The Bible says in Psalm chapter 12, or Psalm 121, Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. Notice this. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the noon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. I don't know about y'all, but I'm glad he's my keeper. By the way, I don't keep myself saved. He keeps me saved. He's my keeper. And I'm thankful he cares enough about me to keep me. Now, there's somebody trying to talk my wife into getting a dog. And if she happens to be watching tonight, I'm going to say, shame, shame on you. Stop texting my wife. So then she texts me and she said, you ought to love your wife enough to get her this puppy. I said, well, if you give her to us, I might what I should have said but I said oh it sure is cute but here's the biggest reason why I don't want no puppy because puppies turn into dogs and puppies turn into dogs they require a lot of work and you got to keep them and I'm going to be honest with you I just don't love that dog enough to keep it by the way we were we, we I guess me I was told I was the fault for it I said we need to go get the kids some guinea pigs so we go get the kids some guinea pigs, and we kept two females. Since that, we've had two litters of uh, guinea pigs. We come back from right the day before we go on vacation. We walk downstairs. There's nine guinea pigs where there was two. Two females. Huh, right? Wrong. And I have to honestly say, when, my, when Laura was sick the other day, she wasn't able to get up and down the steps. I had to go, and, and I'm going to tell you all this right now. Our guinea pigs eat well. They get kale. They get spinach. They get uh, carrots. I'm like, man, that's better than I eat. Healthier anyway. My wife enjoys taking it. But when she was the other day, she's like, you know, she's like, Mark, they like this. They like this. So, I, so we take these little plates down there. We put kale. We put lettuce. We cut up. I mean, I'm sitting there cutting up green and orange and red bell peppers feeding these guinea pigs. We take them down there for them to make a mess. We went down there the other day. There was two. Went down there Saturday. There's, there's nine. 
So if any of y'all want a free guinea pig, y'all can have them. We'll give you two females. <laughs> Promise. Hey, but you say, Pastor, why do you bring that up? Well, I guess I love my grandchildren. I love somebody for us to be keeping some guinea pigs. But I thank God the Lord loves us enough to keep us. He feeds us, don't he? He takes care of us. He puts up with us. Amen. He puts up with us. He forgives us. He takes care of us. He keeps us. And I'm thankful that he cares enough for me to keep me. And I've learned this. We create a lot of messes. Got awful quiet. Here's what amazes me. Every one of us has created messes and he still loves us enough to keep us. Aren't you glad he don't throw us away? Aren't you glad he don't throw the clay away? Aren't you glad that he always says, and the word of the Lord came into Jonah the second time? Aren't you glad he's the God of second chances? Aren't you glad that he's the God of third chances? Aren't you glad that he's the God of fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth chances? Why? Because he cares for us. By the way, there's a good application there. We ought to love people enough that we give them second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth chances too. I'm glad he keeps us. Can I say he cares for us as a father does? He provides. He cares like a mother. He's affectionate to us. He cares as a gardener. He's attentive. He's instantly like the apple of his eye. I'm thankful that he cares for us as a friend. He's faithful. I'm glad that he cares for us like a shepherd. Then I close. I'm glad that he cares for us like a banker. (laughs) Say a banker. Well, I'm glad he cares for the treasure deposited with him. Safe. I'm glad when we entrust something to him, he cares enough, he's safe with what we give him. By the way, let me give you some verses. Colossians 3 3 says this For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. That's a good place to be. Let me give you another one. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 20, But lay up yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through and steal. You're safe with him. Can I say this? By the way, what do y'all think them treasures are? That's people. That's the only thing you're going to lay up in heaven, souls. And by the way, this is beautiful to me because he takes care of the people we love. We know that he's going to take care of them. He's safe with what we give to him. It's safe. It's not going to be wasted. It's not going to be something to say, well, I wonder if that did any good. We know when we lay up treasures in heaven, we give. No matter if someone down here does something wrong with it or not, we know in a good heart, conscience of giving to the Lord, we know when we lay up treasures in heaven and we see people saved, that is safe. By the way, the Bible says nothing will ever corrupt them and no thieves will come in and steal them. They're safe. Now, you can't always say that about a bank. I watched, uh, and I got to hurry. I watched uh, on FDR. I watched a, a documentary. I was amazed after the crash, the depression. He basically got on, had a fireside chat with American people, and basically pleaded with them to put their money back in the banks. He said they're going to be safe. Well, why did everybody pull out? Because they realized something: their money wasn't safe. But they listened, they, they trusted, and, and by the way, the depression turned and changed around because people started to believe in certain things, and one of them was safety of their money in the bank. It changed our depression, it changed the depression. 
But I got news for all of you tonight. He cares for us enough to keep. And everything you give to him is safe, including yourself and including your children. You're safe. He'll never hurt your children. When a, when a parent or a, a family comes to a place where they realize the safest place for their child is in the will of God, they've gotten somewhere. Amen. He cares for us like a banker cares for whatever we deposit in that money. But here's the difference between a human banker and our heavenly banker. It's safe with him. You know why? Because he cares for us. Amen? Amen. Aren't you glad he cares for us? Let's stand to our feet tonight. I hope that little phrase will pop out and we'll not overlook that anymore. Cast all your care upon him. I've stopped right there for years. Why can we cast all on him? Because he cares for us. Amen. How many of you glad he cares for you? How about out of a heart of thanksgiving we just thank him tonight? for caring for us. How many of you ever made a mess? Even though you've made a mess, he still cares for you. Amen. Let's bow our unworthy heads tonight and why don't we just take a few moments and thank him for caring for us. I got to thinking about this as well. Talking about a mother and a father caring. Psalm 27, the Bible says, if my mother and father forsake me, then he will take me up. Here's what's amazing. Even if our human parents fail, he never, he will always care for us. I think that's worthy of praise tonight, don't you? They might play something there softly. If you want to come, you can. If not, find a place there. Make your pew a place to pray. Stand there. Why don't we thank him tonight that he cares for us? I'm glad he cares. No one ever cared for me like Jesus Heavenly Father we thank you so much for your goodness we thank you for your grace we thank you for this little truth thank you for caring for us Lord that means a lot we realize we don't care what people know till we know they care and Lord I'm thankful help us never to forget that you care for us you love us so much help us to not take it for granted we ask it in Jesus name and all God's people said God bless you. Have a great night. Have a great fourth. Remember, freedom is never free. God bless.